Corinthians chapter 2. Our yearly theme is a passion for Jesus Christ. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. That is the basis of our yearly theme. With that, our monthly emphasis for the month of July will be on living with the mind of Christ, a passion to live with the mind of Jesus Christ. That's our title for this morning uh, of our sermon. And the passage of scripture that we'd like to encourage you to commit to memory, or at least uh, review for some, is verses 5 to 8, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8. So let's read together after 2, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8, and then we will pray. Philippians chapter 2. In verse 5, after 2 please, 1 and 2. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became immediate unto death, even the death of the cross. Let's bow for prayer. O God, we bless you, we praise you. O God, teach us how to live with passion for your glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask and pray. Amen. A passion to live with the mind of Christ. What is the mind of Christ? Is it possible to live with the mind of Christ? And the answer is yes. Yes, it is. Because God has given us the ability to choose how we think. A classic example of that is there in Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28, please, verse number 6. Acts chapter 28, verse number 6. The Apostle Paul, stranded on the island of Malta, was um, cared for by a group of individuals known as barbarians and they... Um, fed the Apostle Paul and note uh, after a little incident there in verse number 6 what they said. Um, Acts chapter 28 verse number 6 it reads, Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen and fallen down dead suddenly but after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him that is the Apostle Paul who's just been bitten by poisonous snake and they expected him to die on the spot. He hadn't died. Um, they looked a great while and saw no harm come to him. Note the next little phrase. They changed their minds. They changed their minds and said that he was a God. So we see a changing of their minds. People use the excuse often, well, I can't help 
thinking that way or this way. That's a lie. That's a lie. Of course you can. See, this group of individuals, when they saw what didn't happen to the Apostle Paul, though their conclusion was not correct, that's not the point, the point is that they changed their minds. They changed their minds. So you and I can have the mind of Christ if you choose to have the mind of Christ. Now go back to Philippians, please, chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5, let me read this verse one more time. It reads, let this mind be in you. God will not ask of you and I to do anything that is not possible for us to do. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So here in Philippians 2.5, we have a key to living with the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you. So the first part of verse 5 tells us this is the mindset that you and I should have, should choose to have. Let this mind be in you. What mind? What attitude? What mindset? Let this mind be in you. Well, the second part of verse 5 reads, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. The mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. So the first part of verse 5 tells us, let this mind be in you. And then in the second part of verse 5, the Bible tells us, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, what's he referring to? Well, if you go back to the third and fourth verse, please, of Philippians 2, it reads, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. And look at verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you. What kind of a mindset? A focus upon the needs of others. We are told to live for others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We are not to look to ourselves, but we are to seek to benefit others. This is the mind of Christ, to focus on the needs of others before our own. And we see this demonstrated in the person and work of Jesus Christ. This is why he was born. This is why he lived and died. And this is why he is returning 
one day to take us back to heaven where he is preparing an eternal home for us. It's for you and I. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. The mind of Christ is to live for others. You've heard the, um, the little saying that joy is Jesus first, others second, yourself last. That's how joy is spelt. But uh, to pronounce it spiritually, it should be Joe. Jesus first, others. That's it. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The mind of Christ is to live for others. Well summed up by the Lord Jesus there in Matthew chapter 22 where he said the first great commandment is to love God with all your being. And the second great commandment is to love your neighbor as thyself. And there is no third commandment, love yourself last. But the Bible does say on these two, love God, love others, hang all the demands of God, all the laws and the commandments. Selfishness is not only detrimental to our physical and spiritual well-being, it is a failure to live with the mind of Christ. So in being challenged to have the mind of Christ, Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, it is exemplified in the person and work of Jesus Christ. See, 1 Timothy 1.15 tells us that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, others, others. So let's note from this passage of Scripture here how we can live for others and reflect, demonstrate the mind of Christ. A passion to live with the mind of Jesus Christ is to live for others. And I have a sneaky suspicion that one of the main reasons why we have so many individuals struggling in their minds is because they are focused upon themselves and not God, let alone others. Amen, preacher. Thank you. Good point. It's all about I, is it not? Thanks to I, Apple, Job, Job, or whatever his name was. <laughs> it's all about I. It's all about self. It's all about me. It's all about you. This has been detrimental in every which way. People become more intra-focused. And guess what? Mental illness has skyrocketed. 
So may I submit to you, if you and I would think less of ourselves and more of our God and have the mind of Christ and consider others above ourselves, then we will not struggle in our minds because we will have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is to live for others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And here from verses 6 to 8 of Philippians chapter 2, we note how the Lord Jesus gave of himself for others. Now this passage is known as the great kenosis passage. The emptying of self. The incarnation of Jesus Christ. As John 1.14 reads, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The incarnation of Jesus Christ. God manifested in the flesh. God taking the form of man. 100% man. Yet remaining 100% God. To what end? To reconcile sinners to a holy God. The Lord Jesus shows us how we can live for others within his incarnation. Spelled out for us from verses 6 to 8. And defined for us as the very mind of Jesus Christ. Let this mind be new, which was also in Christ Jesus. See, living for others with a mind of Christ involves firstly a willingness, a willingness to be depromoted, so to speak. We all like promotions. We all like to be promoted. What about accepting a depromotion? Gladly, willingly, to be the top um, heart surgeon on this side of eternity, the whole of Australia, and to be offered the position of being an AIN, and to gladly accept that position. Though you are positionally the top heart surgeon in the country, but you will take a placement for a period of time as an assistant in nursing. And do so gladly. Well, note here in verse number 6 it reads, Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. The Lord Jesus was willing to be depromoted. He was willing to take a placement. He was one, he is one with God, the Father in nature, in essence, in position, but he was willing to take the role of humanity, a placement, a depromotion, 
He was willing to take the identification of a human being in his incarnation. Now this did not take away from his divinity. He remained 100% God in human flesh. But being in the form of God, being very God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, willingly took the placement of becoming flesh and dwelling among us. To what end? To save you and I from our sin. See, this is why his divinity was questioned continually. Yet he proved his divinity by his words and by his works. For Nicodemus said in John chapter 3 verse 1, No man, no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. He proved his divinity. He proved he was one with God the Father. But Jesus Christ was willing to take a deep promotion, so to speak, and become the incarnate God in human flesh. Our Lord Jesus was willing to take a placement, yielding fully to God the Father. He said in John 4:34 that I've come to do the will of my Father. My meat is to do the will of my Father. This is the mind of Jesus Christ. It involves ministering to others in ways that might seem below below what our ego tells us we should be doing. Well, I'm a heart surgeon I'm the number one heart surgeon in all of Australia the mind of Christ would say yes I might be and I still am but I'm willing to take the role of an AIN for a period of time I know it's a pathetic illustration but how do you convey what Christ has done for us Really, how can we accurately convey or grasp what Christ has done for us? A willingness to be depromoted. But also note then verse number 7, please, when we consider the mind of Christ and ministering to others, it involves, number one, a willingness to be depromoted, a willingness to minister to others in ways or in a position that might be so-called below us. But note then verse number 7 also reads, but made himself of, let's say it together, no reputation. Living for others with the mind of Christ involves a willingness to be depromoted also involves a willingness to be considered a nobody. No reputation. No reputation. No recognition. See, God the Son was born in a stable amongst animals, not in a palace amongst royalty 
He was born in a little town called Bethlehem, not in the big city of Jerusalem. His earthly parents were peasants, not people of prominence and wealth. The Bible teaches us there was nothing in his appearance that equated to royalty, to kingship. In fact, note what Isaiah chapter 53 teaches us. The prophecy that Isaiah gave concerning the coming Messiah. Isaiah 53 verse number 2, And he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness and when we shall see him there is no beauty that we should desire him or of him about him a nobody the Lord Jesus was willing to take a deep promotion so to speak being one with God the Father in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, he was willing to take upon flesh. But also he was willing to be one of no recognition, no reputation. There was nothing outstanding about the appearance of the eternal Son of God. He had no striking uh, features, he was plain. He was willing to be a nobody. The Lord Jesus did not determine to push himself forward to be seen in some prominent light. He was willing to quietly be about the master's business. His attitude was not, don't you know who I am? I once had individuals say to me, don't you know who I am? And I said, no. <laughs> don't you know who I am? No. Willing to be a nobody. And beloved, if you and I are to truly have the mind of Christ and to serve others, we need to be prepared to be a nobody. The world's into being a somebody, is it not? The world tells us, push yourself forward. Push yourself forward. My Bible tells me the mind of Christ is a willingness to be a nobody. The unknown. Our Lord's ministry was not focused on recognition, was he? In fact, that's why he at times we read in the scriptures that he said to those that he ministered to, don't tell anybody. Now most couldn't help it. Ministering to others means that you and I are prepared to be a nobody. 
Ministering to others involves you and I being prepared to be depromoted. Take a position of depromotion. That's why a lot of people are unemployed today. Because they're not prepared to take work that's available. This is Australia. There's work if you want to work. And there are people that won't work living off the dole and living on welfare because they're too proud to sweep streets. They're too proud to clean out a toilet bowl. They're too proud to work in woolies. Oh, no, 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 that's below me. I'm qualified. I I not only went to university, I went to New South Wales University. Yes, not just Sydney University or Wagga Wagga University, if there's such a thing. I don't think there is. I went to New South Wales University. So therefore, I deserve this kind of recognition. That's not the mind of Christ. That's not the mind of Christ. Willing to be a nobody. You know what? Every year I hear about all of these individuals getting uh, an award you know, contribution towards, uh, um, you know, on Australia Day they give out awards and on the, the King's birthday they give out awards and, and I've accepted the fact that I'm never going to get one of those. <laughs> and you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. It doesn't bother me at all. And it shouldn't bother you at all either. The mind of Christ means I'm willing to be depromoted. The mind of Christ means I'm willing to be a nobody. Also in verse number 7, it goes on to read, note there in Philippians chapter 2, So let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. The Lord Jesus teaches us how we can minister to others and reflect the mind of Christ. And it's a choice. Remember that group of barbarians there on the island of Malta? They changed their minds. Note here in verse 7, it goes on to read, made himself of no reputation and took the form of a what? Servant. The word form means to shape. It's from this base word we get the word morphosis. He was willing to take the form of a servant, a slave. He took the position of a slave. In other words, the Lord Jesus was willing to come under authority 
for a slave had no authority. Zilch. Under the will of God the Father, who mastered him and led him during his earthly ministry, and said, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. And shortly before the Lord Jesus was arrested and crucified, he said to God the Father, not my will, thy will be done. See, slaves within the biblical setting were not honoured, were not valued, especially within a world that was governed by the Romans. They had no regard for a slave. You were an absolute nothing. Nobody. You were only property, not a person that deserved respect and to be treated with respect and dignity as a human being. No, no, no. If you were a slave, you were property. And the Lord Jesus was willing to take the form, the shape of a slave. In Mark's gospel, we have the emphasis on Jesus Christ as servant of all. And to live with the mind of Christ is to, is to, and to live for others means that I, like the eternal Son of God, one with God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, was willing to fulfill the role, the position of a slave. In Mark 10, 44, it reads, And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. Slaves within the biblical setting had no rights. They were just property. You owned a slave. You didn't consider that they had any feelings, emotions, likes, dislikes, personality. They were a slave. They were just property. And the Lord Jesus was willing, was willing, took upon him the form, the shape of a slave. How do you like to be seen? I'm convinced some people drive around, drive in vehicles because they want to be perceived a certain way. I get that feeling. Yeah. See what I'm saying? And some people would love to tell you where they live. Because they want you to perceive. Oh, they live in Wayne Cove. They must be important. 
help by him. Help by him. If you live in Lane Cove, you live here by the grace of God. No matter where you live, if you live, you are here by the grace of God. No matter where you live, it's by the grace of God. No, 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 but pastor, it's, no, it's not you, it's the grace of God. The grace of God. The Lord Jesus was willing to take the form of a servant. And then it goes on to read in verse number 7, took upon him the form of a servant. He gladly welcomed the idea of being shaped as a slave. And then it goes on to read in verse 7, and was made in the likeness The word likeness here means extract or resemblance of. You've heard of homogenized, homogenized milk. Extract, resemblance, made in the likeness of men. The same level, not above, not superior, was made in the likeness, in the resemblance of men. In other words, Jesus Christ, in order to minister, was willing to be depromoted. Jesus Christ, in order to minister, was willing to be a nobody. Jesus Christ was willing to minister, was prepared to be a slave. Jesus Christ, who was willing to minister, was prepared to, to be on the same level as you and I. God the Son. God the Son, 100% God, became 100% man, remained 100% God. God the Son, in His incarnation came down to man's level in order not to imitate man's fallen nature, but to impute his righteousness in the life of every sinner that will repent and receive Jesus Christ as Saviour. We could not go up because of our sin. Our sin separates us from God, so God came down he was made in the likeness of men so with this form and likeness with this form and likeness of our Lord Jesus we must always remember he remained God at all times. He just set aside the usage, usage, still in possession of, the usage of some of his divine attributes. 
He remained still God at all times, retaining the nature and attributes of God, but taking a human nature to have a ministry amongst men. Ultimately, the ministry of reconciliation being made, he made himself of no reputation, was willing to be a nobody, took upon him the form of a servant, was willing to be a slave and was made in the likeness of men. He didn't come above man, he came as man. To minister. And then verse number 8 goes on to read, note there, verse number 8. Are you still with me, Philippians 2 8? This is a wonderful passage of scripture. It really is. Verse 8 goes on to read, and being found in fashion as a man. Fashion. What does that mean? Sketch. Schematic. Schematics, a diagram. Being found in fashion. Outline. Sketch. being found in fashion as a man, this is how it fleshed out. Jesus Christ came down to earth to lift up man to heaven and we see God sketched out, outlined for us, before us, so we can see clearly the concepts that are involved in living with the mind of Christ, of which you and I can choose to live with. You can change your mind this morning, my friend, for the better. And a passion to live with the mind of Christ is not something that is unattainable. It's possible in the person of Jesus Christ. Positionally, we have the mind of Christ, the Bible teaches us. But this is the fleshing out of the mind of Christ, being found in fashion as a man. Look at verse 8. Note the diagram that God gives to us. Gives us an outline, a sketch. Verse 8, it reads, step number one, he humbled himself. The opposite of humbling oneself is to elevate oneself. Am I right or not? He humbled, catch the next word, let's say it together, himself. That's a lot of our problems. Right there, we're not prepared to humble ourselves. 
That's why some of you won't get right with our brothers and sisters in Christ because you won't humble yourself. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor. Pleasure. Humbled himself. I choose to humble myself. Because we're, we're not willing to be humbled, God has to, at times, humble us. <laughs> and that's not very nice. The Lord Jesus chose to humble himself and so must we if we are going to serve others. The Lord Jesus was willing to humble himself and to die a horrid, horrible death, the death of the cross. The most humiliating means of execution was by a crucifixion. To be crucified on a cross, to be paraded before all outside of a main city was disgraceful, for a better word. And the Lord Jesus was willing to humble himself for your sin and for my sin. And if you and I are to truly live with the mind of Christ, we need to humble ourselves. But also verse 8 goes on to read, and became what? Obedient. Unto what? Death. Obedience. Obedience unto death. Versus disobedience, partial obedience. Complete and full obedience, no matter where it might lead us, ultimately. I'm mindful of the Son of God who cried out from the cross, My God, my God. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? How the Son of God must have felt to have God the Father turn his back on God the Son as he bore your sin, my sin, in his own body. Obedient unto death, doing that which I could not imagine doing. Doing that which we that which we don't enjoy. And then it goes on to say in verse number eight, obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The cross speaks of suffering. Absolute surrender, sacrifice, the opposite of ease, pleasure. Self-denial, 
a willingness to suffer. Being found in fashion as a man. He came down to earth to lift up man to heaven. He was willing to humble himself. He was willing to obey to the point of death. The Lord Jesus was willing to obey and to die knowing that he would suffer. And beloved, if you and I are to truly live for others, we need to be prepared to suffer and doing things that we might not enjoy. Our problem is we've got it too easy. Am I right or not? We're too comfortable. Here we are, Sunday morning. Are you comfortable? Comfortable pews? Air condition? Nice car to drive home in? A home to go back to? Got it made. Life's easy. But if you are, but if we are really willing, determined to live with the mind of Christ, then we will be willing to suffer for Christ. Suffering is good for us. I didn't tell you a number of months ago I had a dream. I don't have dreams that often. <laughs> I had a dream that Sydney was being bombed by the Russians. <laughs> and in my dream, I, 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 I jumped out of bed and looked out the window and there were the planes and there were the bombs coming down. Then I woke up. I realized it was a dream. No, I was disappointed. <laughs> I was disappointed. Really, I was disappointed. And I thought to myself, Lord, what do, what do you need to do to wake us up? What? What is going to wake us up and truly live godly in Christ Jesus? Now, sorry, I was disappointed. Some dreams I awake and I'm relieved. Thank God. But, sorry, I was disappointed. Beloved, in closing, we, in order to have the mind of Christ, it involves living for others. To have the mind of Christ is to live for others. And we have been given a sketch, an outline, a diagram here 
in Philippians chapter 2 on how we can have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is to live for others. Just like God the Son lived for others. A passion to live with the mind of Christ is to live for others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then from verses 6 to 8, the Bible spells out very, very clearly what that involves. What does it mean to live for others? Well, it means taking a deep promotion. It involves being willing to be a nobody. It involves taking the form of a slave and it involves imitating the sketch of the Son of God who was willing to humble himself, be obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. To have the mind of Christ is to live for others. And just like those barbarians there on the island of Malta changed their minds, you and I can change our minds and flesh out the mind of Christ. And that doesn't involve living for you It involves living for others. And could this be one reason for the breakdown of many individuals emotionally? People are obsessed with living for self. And my friend, this is a dead end. We are to live for our God and we are to live for others. We should be living for God and if we are, we will live for others. This is the mind of Christ. Let's bow for prayer.